to the WOW podcast. I'm so excited that I have one of my good friends joining me this week, Chelsea Padgett. And we met actually right after I came to know Jesus uh, back in 2019. Was it 2019 or 2020? 2019. Okay, 2019. It's been a while. Uh, And Chelsea's seen me go through some uh, dramatic life changes, honestly. And so I know it's been a couple weeks since I've been on and produced an episode, but I'm really excited to have Chelsea on. And we're talking about something that has honestly gotten me through the last couple weeks. Um, and it's community and friendship. Over the last couple weeks, it's been hard. We had a family incident with my nephew, Trent, and his hand ended up getting amputated, as some of you may know. And I just so appreciate everyone's prayers and anyone who has, you know, shared it and honestly spoken encouragement over the situation. It's definitely emotional and tough, but I'm just thankful for this family and for this podcast and for everyone who's said anything um, uplifting because it's definitely been a long and hard couple uh, weeks, these last couple weeks. But honestly, community and friendship are what has spurred me on to be able to stand and be a normal human and still function. So uh, as emotional and saddened and just so many things that I feel, I also just know that community is vital. And so I'm really excited to talk to one of my best friends today about community and about friendship because Chelsea and I kind of had an interesting start. I did not really want to be friends uh, necessarily with Chelsea, but she pursued me and loved me hard as God called us to do as Mm. believers. And uh, here she is now and she was at my wedding. So (laughs) yes, yes. It was a very funny change of things. It it was definitely a uh, thing of prayer for sure. Like in those first couple weeks of being your friend I kept trying to hang out with you and you just would like swerve me (laughs) (laughs) I was I was not a great person back then I will admit uh did not have a lot of here we are (laughs) it's true here we are now well Chelsea I am so glad that you just agreed to come on because you are probably one of the most wise people I know uh in faith and in my life that speaks into me weekly so Mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm glad to be here (laughs) and talking about something that like I am like super passionate about and feel like the Lord is just like awakening and redeeming in me. Yeah. I want to know what is one piece of advice that you would tell the younger you? I gave you a little bit of a heads up on this. Love to hear your answer, knowing you kind of have a similar story to me. Yeah. And honestly, whenever you said the younger you, I immediately went to like elementary, middle school. Mm. And I don't know if like your teachers had these really cheesy quoted posters in their room or not, but one that I still remember to this day said 30 years from now, it won't matter what shoes you wore, how your hair looked or the jeans you bought. What will matter is what you learned and how you used it. And honestly, I just like went back to that classroom where like all I cared about was how others viewed me and what brand of clothes that I wore And, you know, who my friends were, who, who my boyfriend was, how many committees or groups that I could be involved in, like what my grades were. And the piece of advice that I would just give myself is that 
it's not going to matter. Everything on this earth is going to pass away. The earth will grow strangely dim. And the only things that are going to be eternal are God, his word and his people. And so Mm. let's like pour our lives into things that are actually going to matter for eternity. You know? Yeah. Yeesh. Amen to that. (laughs) Just like, I was just like immediately transported to like yeah, middle school looking I at this poster. I remember those posters. Like I think <laughs> my third grade English teacher had that same one. Like Exactly. Yeah. That's really, really good. I'm glad you shared that with us. And it's exactly right. The only mm. thing that's left is going to be God and his word and his people. And it's a good reminder. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. I would love for you to share like a little snippet of what your life kind of looked like, how you came to Christ. Yes. So I'll just start with the fact that I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I would occasionally attend with, you know, a friend after a sleepover or um, with family members that attended church regularly, but it was never something that was integrated into my life. I knew about Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. I mean, I think that my whole story is just a series of small moments where God was like pursuing my heart. Mm. There was a moment when I just felt like everything was wrong in my life. And I kind of made myself the victim and thought, how can there be a good God when all of these bad things are happening in my life? When my family's going through financially hard times, when my mom's addicted to drugs, when my boyfriend doesn't love me or whatever. Yeah. And All of these moments just led to certain people in certain places who were being faithful and sharing their faith. One summer after my freshman year of college, I got to a very, very dark place where I was waking up with anxiety fits in the middle of the night, heart racing. I couldn't sleep. And I got to just this place of desperation where I wanted something more. I wanted something more to do with my life. I wanted purpose. And so I reached out to a high school teacher who I put a lot of trust in because she knew everything that was going on with my family life and in my personal life. And she said, you know, I don't really know how to help you, but I do know a church that's near you. For whatever reason, me not being like a person who grew up in church and who didn't ever go to church, went to this church that she recommended And there found community. I liked the messages I was hearing. I liked the people that were there. And it was a slow process, but the Lord just like slowly just wooed me to him to the Mm -hmm. point where some leaders in the church asked me like if I wanted to put my faith in Christ. And there was honestly a moment of hesitation when they asked me that question because I knew that my life was going to look different. Like I understand the complexity that Christian living was supposed to be different. We were supposed to be set apart. So I took a moment to actually think about it and decide, am I really going to like want to change my life for God? And I did decide. And it wasn't like this one miraculous moment where I just had this realization, like Jesus is my Lord and Savior. It was slow over time. And it was through people who were being faithful to God and sharing their faith is how I came to faith. And now I love to shepherd and pour into and invite people into this life that is abundant and more than we could ever think or ask or imagine. Praise God, because what a story of just redemption in your life looking in and to be loved by you and to be able to love you has been one of the sweetest things because our stories are very similar. 
And yeah. it is, it's kind of crazy how God weaved us into each other's lives. And mm-hmm. eternally, like, I'm grateful that we got to meet kind of through um, yes. the circumstances that we did. And I don't know if I would be where I am without you kind of pushing me. After I came to Christ, I was dating somebody that was definitely not pushing me towards God, I would say. And it was hard. Like, I definitely thought that I wanted to be with this person. And Chelsea very clearly was like, you need to end it. Uh, You need to end it because, number one, like, I don't think this would work even if you weren't a Christian. But number two, like, I don't know that this is what God would want for you. And I was like, absolutely not, Chelsea. You have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) But lo and behold, after some time, um, you know, that that relationship, praise God, came to a close. Um, And so Chelsea and I from there, like it it took off like we Mm -hmm. we talked every day and it just slowly became it was kind of like a slow burn. It really was. And then next thing you know, two years later, she's at my wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so. It's just kind of sweet to think back on, on all of it, especially your redemption story and mine and just the similarities in it and how God has allowed us to like kind of cherish each other over the last few years. Yeah. It's been really sweet, really sweet time. Well, I guess the first big question that we're going to hit today on community and friendship in this episode is what is community and what is friendship? And how do they differ? How are they similar? I really want to understand kind of a basis and set a foundation so that everyone listening and and us talking about this can really make it clear the intent and where we're going with this. Right. So whenever you first posed the question to me about community versus friendship, I was like, "Hmm, they're like kind of the same, right? So I did a little bit of research online and found a few like differing articles um, about like what community is and what friendship is. The Porch actually has a resource on like biblical community versus friendship. And they define like community as more of the people you are doing life with, confessing sin with, you know, weeping with, rejoicing with, having meals together, you know, going to church, Mm, pushing each other towards Jesus. Whereas friendships are more of like a generalized, you work with these people, you spend a lot of time with these people, you have something in common but it's not your purpose or your belief is in common. Mm. And then another article that I read said quite the opposite. Community can be very general. You know, your coworkers can be your community. You spend a lot of time at work, right? Yeah. You spend a lot of time at the grocery store. You spend a lot of time at coffee shops or at the gym. That's your community, people who you see frequently, whereas friendships are where that deeper intimacy and connection are. So there's both views as far as like friendship and community. But I think it's more importantly, like how you are spending those relationships like in your life. You know, I think you had put it that friendship, there's a mutual bond and connection or link between two people, whereas community was more deeper relationships. Is that right? Yeah. The way that it's even defined. Yeah. The way that it's even defined on the internet, like if you look up friendship versus community, friendship is... It's more than an acquaintance, but you have kind of this mutual affection between each other. But then community, it says like you're either living in the same place or you have the common characteristic. And for me, like the common characteristic, which obviously is what we're talking about here, is your foundation and faith upon Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
Right. And I think like right. what you're saying is why this conversation and this topic is so important. And one, I'm so glad that we're talking about on the WOW podcast because it doesn't necessarily matter what you call it, whether you call it friendship or whether you call it community. What matters is what that looks like. And you just said right. that. Gathering, going to the grocery store, confessing sin, holding each other accountable, whatever you call it. If you call those your friends or you call them your community, that is what is vital to you pursuing God every day, but moreover, looking more like Jesus every day, which is the aim, which is the hope, right? Like we're looking towards a holy God and a perfect God. And if you don't have people coming around you, whether, you know, you call them your friendship or community, either way, you need to have those people. Right. And especially in this culture where mental health is at all time highs, suicide rates are at all time highs. We need people. We are the most connected generation because of social media but yet we are the loneliest generation. And so we need to kind of just water and grow these deep friendships and relationships with people or else like we're just doomed, honestly. Yeah, that's so, so true. I don't think I could have put it in a better way. So now that we kind of have established, you know, friendship or community, whatever you call it, your church could call it either, you could call it either. It's what does the Bible talk about? Because the Bible... Sometimes they use community, but moreover, the Bible typically is talking about friendships. Like it specifically talks about your friends. And Mm -hmm. I want to understand like, what does it mean when it calls it friends? Is it the same thing as like what our church or what a church could call community? Like, are they Mm -hmm. interchangeable, you know? Yeah, I think that they could be. I think that friends can be, your close friends can be a part of your community, but sometimes your community doesn't always encompass your friendships. And so JP talked about in one of his books, um, I think it was Welcome to Adulting. Mm, That's such a good book, by the way, y'all. Like, so Chelsea has mentioned The Porch and JP now, and that's actually, we are very similar. Chelsea and I are both from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. And The Porch, so, so good. It's out in Dallas and there's one in Fort Worth now. JP is, Jonathan Pakluda is the pastor that started The Porch and kind of got it up and running. He's now at Harris Creek in Waco, Baylor area. And he's a phenomenal pastor. He's amazing. And he has been a vital resource in how I kind of got on my track to come to know Jesus Christ and a part of Chelsea's story of how she came to know Jesus Christ. So I just want to clarify who he is and what he has done. And definitely we will post a bunch of resources from him in this because we want to make sure that you understand, like we are talking about something that's very biblically sound. And Mm -hmm. although we might not have every single piece of information, there's so many good resources that do. So yeah. Go ahead, Uh, I think it was in the Welcome to Adulting, but I could be wrong. He said whenever he first became a Christian, he showed up to this guy's house. He didn't even like him, but they began to share the struggles that they were going through, share the sins. They prayed for one another. And eventually, like, I think they became friends out of it. Mm -hmm. But your community doesn't necessarily need to be people that you like or that you are friends with, if that makes sense. I think it's important to have the same like-minded goal and the same like-minded belief. Because obviously, if you are not a Christian and you're in community with a Christian or like Christian and non-Christian, whatever, and you're confessing your sins, you're most likely going to have some different viewpoints on how to go forward on this issue. Christians are meant to be set apart. We're meant to be different. And so whenever you are in community with people who are not of the same belief, 
it can get like a little tricky because as Christians, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to know the word and follow the word and actually live out our faith. And if we're taking advice from people who don't necessarily believe the Bible, then we're not living out that faith, if that makes sense. Yeah, it can definitely cause a little bit of friction. Like it can get tricky. Because I have friends, I have a ton of friends who may not necessarily believe that Jesus is their savior or might not even believe, you know, in God. Like, would you say to a person like me or to someone listening, don't be friends with those people? Absolutely not. Yeah. If we look at Jesus in the Bible, who does he dine with? Sinners, Mm. tax collectors, prostitutes. He welcomes them around the table. He cares for children. Yeah. He ministers to the poor. He ministers to the weak and the sick. He includes non-Christians because that wasn't even a thing at that point, right? Like, well, there was like Israel versus like the Gentiles. So there was like people who were of God and people who weren't. And Mm -hmm. he includes everyone because he didn't come to only die for the nation of Israel. He came to die for all people. And so I think that we do pursue friendship with our non-believer, those people around us who don't know Jesus Mm. at work, at the gym, at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, like wherever you go, be on the lookout for people in need of friends because we all need friends. And honestly, through those friendships and through inviting them into your community where you are with people who do believe in God and who do share the same principles of faith, they can come to know Jesus because of that. Yeah, we are called to love people well. And I am absolutely just so glad that you made a point to say like Jesus dined with those of a low class, like the tax collectors were looked upon in the Bible as the worst, like Mm -hmm. they were looked upon as kind of like stealers, like they were not favored anywhere. And not only did Jesus make friends with them, he dined with them. Like Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew, we're talking about written by the book, like of Matthew. He wrote it himself. Like that man was a tax collector and one of Jesus's disciples. Yes. It's like that itself proves enough to know, like you can have unbeliever friends, people that maybe don't believe the same things as you there is still so much room to love them and Mm -hmm. love them like Jesus. I would, even if you never see fruition or you never see their heart change or never see them come to Jesus, whatever the case is, you love them well. And you were a friend to them as like the Lord calls us to, you know, we get to plant the seed, God will water and grow it. Mm. Um, And so I think absolutely what you said tenfold. Like that is so, so good and so rich and just taking yeah. that with me. Like I, I don't know who I heard this from, but when I became a new Christian two and a half years ago, I was told hang out with 60% believers and 40% unbelievers or those who don't believe the same thing as you. If you sure. are constantly surrounding yourself with the same people and people who say you surround yourself with a hundred percent of people who believe the gospel or believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Praise God that that many, you know, that many people, thank God, you know, that many people, but also if you are constantly surrounding yourself with the same like-minded people, you're never going to know anything different. And I think that can almost shelter you or hinder you because part of like 
questioning God is like growing deeper in him. Coming to God with those questions, with those struggles of like, man, I have this friend and she's just going through something hard. Like, God, how do I navigate this? Or asking God like characteristic questions like, God, do I believe that you're good? Do I believe that you're all knowing? Do I believe that you're powerful enough to heal this situation? That deepens your faith. Asking questions isn't a bad thing. And even being raised questions by people that don't believe the same thing as you, it causes you to grow deeper. Yeah. And so with that said, I don't want to contradict saying you should, you should be around the same people. You should have the same community. We talked about this earlier. Chelsea and I did because Chelsea actually sent me the book, Finding Your People by Jenny Allen. And it's so, so good. We'll link it below. And it talks deeply about community and friendship. And you should have two to five people in your inner circle and then, right. you know, uh, what does it say? 10 on the second circle? 10 to 30, like in your village is what she calls it. Mm. And then 50 like acquaintances. Like we only have the capacity for 50 relationships in our lives. And two to five of those relationships should be deep gospel centered relationships. Yeah. And those are the people you run with. Those are the people you eat with, live with like whatever it looks like for you confessing sin with. I think that's such a huge one for me. I have a ton of friends that I'm really close with. We do life together, but I think there's an aspect of like encouraging people from the word and like confessing sin that I would say is vital to community. And Jenny Allen talks about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think again, going back to like culture today, In America, we are very individualistic, very self-sufficient, and that is, like, exactly, like, contraindicated whenever we're talking about having these deep and intimate friendships and relationships Mm. with people and community with people because you need to know your need for God and your need for others. We are created for community because we are created from community. God himself, the Trinity, is in community with each other. And so we are now called made in the image of God to be in community. And if we don't believe that we need friends or we don't believe that we need accountability or we don't believe that we have sinned and fallen short, like we're not going to go deeper in those friendships with people. Like I think that you grow closest with people when you're sharing like the hard things of life Mm -hmm. and when people are there to uplift you and rejoice with you and weep with you, that's when like true deep friendship occurs. Yeah. It says like in Proverbs twenty seven seventeen that iron sharpens iron and you're kind of talking about that blade. It's it's painful sometimes, you know, one person yeah. is supposed to sharpen another. Doesn't mean it's always easy, but it means that it grows you in deeper intimacy with Jesus Christ, which is the hope at the end of the day. And in return, it's going to grow you closer with the people you're doing it with. Right. So, you know, Proverbs, there's another proverb on, on 1236, I, I want to say, maybe it's 37. And he talks about like choosing... The, the righteous will choose their friends carefully. And if yep. you are kind of coerced into the ways of the wicked, like it can lead you astray. Mm-hmm. And First Corinthians goes into that. It talks about, you know, don't be misled by bad company because it will corrupt mm-hmm. any good character. And I think yeah. that's such a good point to really hit because if you're surrounding yourself like that 60-40, say, rever- say, say it's reverse, not even, but say you hang out with, you know, maybe 10% believers and 90% unbelievers, like there's a good chance you might be falling off like a wagon towards like following Jesus in a good pursuit 
because when mm-hmm. you're constantly surrounded by people that on the kind of opposite side of what you believe, like that can definitely cause you to not just question, but like really take a step back in question. Yeah. And I think there's a difference in that, like questioning God, coming to God with your questions, but then not coming to God with your questions and straying away and kind of yeah. shying back, which causes you to kind of just drift further away from God. And so. And, you know, the Bible says like, be in the world, like don't, you know, shelter yourself from the world, but don't be of the world, mm. like having the same mind as the world does. Yeah. Well, putting kind of what the Bible says into action, what does it look like to create friends? What does it look like to create community practically? Yeah. Well, first, I think it's honestly taking a step back and looking at the people around you. Like, who do you already see frequently? Who do you already meet in community with? Like, look around you and identify people that are already in your circle and then ask them to go deeper is uh, something that Jenny Allen talks about in her book on like having these deeper friendships. You have to like ask a person, do you want to like have this deeper relationship with me? Mm. And so finding that person and then committing to a time weekly, whatever, however often is good for you, but probably weekly is going to be better because obviously we sin every day. We go through the things of life. We get busy we get distracted. So it's good to have a constant influx of encouragement from someone who Absolutely. believes the same thing and who will encourage you to be more like Jesus. Yeah. Exactly um, so I think that's said. like where you start. Yeah, exactly. What you said is Hebrews ten twenty five, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another because we will see that day, you know, come closer. Hebrews, like this verse, it gets into, I think, verse 26 when it's talking about the day. And this day is what you think of when you think of the day, like Jesus coming back. And yeah. it's saying even more so when you see that coming, should you be meeting daily? But it's like, meet regularly. Do not mm-hmm. give up meeting because it spurs you on in love. It spurs you on to go deeper and get you in a habit of encouraging one another. Yeah. And I think, obviously, we look to Jesus for insight on how we should live our lives. But also, the early church was a really good example of this. Like, all throughout the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. the church, it says that the church was all together. They were all together. They met in the temple daily. They broke bread. They praised God. Like, they prayed. They lived out their faith with each other daily. And so, having someone that you can meet with consistently and check in with and you know, give thanks with and confess sin and hold each other accountable and have meals together. Like there is such an intimacy in sharing a meal. To be honest, like as a single person, a lot of my meals are not spent with another person, but I'm trying to prioritize at least like one meal a day with someone else because it really, there is that sense of intimacy and sense of commonality over like shared a shared meal together. And so that is like one way that I enjoy kind of foster these deeper relationships. I will invite a friend over, we'll plan a meal and we'll cook together and we'll eat together. And as we're doing all of that, which is such a mundane, simple thing of life, we all have to eat, right? It becomes this very intimate and deep opportunity for friendship. And so that's one of the ways that I like to employ it 
but literally it can just be the easy everyday things of life. Going to the grocery store, invite someone with you. You're already going. Might as well have a friend. You are going to a coffee shop. You're going on a walk, running errands. You are taking the kids to soccer practice, like whatever it may be. Just invite people in to those moments. And before you know it, you are going to start to open up more, start to get deeper than surface level. And Jenny, like in her book resources, provides ways of deeper questions that you can ask in those opportunities that you create with your your people. Yeah, that's so, so good. It's just living life with people and then putting the gospel into that. Yeah. It seems so complex when we think about it because, oh, we have to ask people and there is a level of vulnerability to it. Yeah. And there should oh, be because you're inviting someone into the deepest parts of your life. You're asking them to speak on your life in a godly way and in a manner that requires wisdom and them also kind of holding up their end of the bargain to pursue Jesus without you. You're asking somebody, hey, will you be as committed to God as I am, but then commit to me as well so that we may commit further to Jesus is almost kind of what that picture looks like. And when it works, it is so sweet. But it's not yeah. easy. It's it's yeah. not a piece of cake. And if it was, we probably wouldn't be the loneliest generation out there. Right. I mean, I think that the last thing that the enemy wants is for us to have deep communal relationships with one another. The last thing he wants is for God to get the glory, for us to leave our friendships praising the Lord, to grow together, to learn together. that's the last thing he wants. So Mm. of course he's going to do everything and put every lie in your head to stop you from pursuing these deeper relationships, whether that's, well, you know, they might think this of me if I share, you know, what's really going on. If someone really knew me, they wouldn't love me. Mm. And that's just absolutely not true. If someone truly knows and follows Jesus and wants and desires this deeper form of relationship with you, then they're going to welcome the ugly parts and the messy parts, and they're going to pray for you and hold you accountable and be there to lift you up whenever you are like going through that. And I have to be honest in, in my friendships with like confessing that, yeah, I really didn't want to share this today, but I'm going to, because I know I need to, you know, I'm not going to let the enemy keep me from the joy and the abundance of life that true biblical friendship and community offer. Amen. Amen to that. I know that you and I have both been in a season where we've tried to pursue community and it's it looks tough. But what is one thing you would say to the listener that is struggling to go out and to be vulnerable and to ask somebody? I would just like encourage you that, again, there's not going to be that abundant, deep intimacy and being known apart from that. We are known and loved and seen by God. And he offers that to us, obviously through the love of his son and the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, but also through people who know him. Mm. And so I would just give you encouragement to keep pursuing that. If you don't find someone immediately who is willing to go to a deeper level of friendship with you, keep asking, keep looking Mm. for new people, because I think that we really do as a generation want that we want to be more seen and more deeply known but we just don't know how to go about that or we have again face lies of the enemy that tell us you know I can't really let them in to know the real me because they might think this well we're not supposed to care necessarily 
yeah. what other people think of us. Like, yeah, for sure. We're, we're after the approval of God, not the approval of man. And so, mm. um, just be open, be vulnerable, keep pursuing, keep asking, yeah, um, and pray wait, about pray. it. Yeah. Pray. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, yeah. I am so glad that you came on the wild podcast. I'm so glad that you have shared this kind of wisdom and we got to talk about this topic because I think it's one that is not only encouraged me and the kind of hardship that I'm walking through right now, but also daily. Yeah. You need people and I need people and I know that our listeners need people. And so I hope that this encourages whoever's listening and I know that it will. And we're praying um, for everybody listening that you have those people, but also that you would find those people. That is what Chelsea yeah. and I will be praying over this podcast. And so I'm so, so thankful for you, Chelsea, and your friendship over the years and the fact that I get to love you and grow with you every day and have you um, just in my circle. I, I just love you so, so much, and I'm thankful for you. I am so thankful for you, and I love you too, friend. Thank you so much for tuning to the Wow Women of Wisdom podcast. I honestly cannot believe that you've chosen to listen to my podcast, and it truly encourages me all of these messages that we're getting to hear from all these women who are so wise. Give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram or leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. I would love to hear from each of you about what you love about this podcast and what you want to see more of. I cannot wait to share next week's episode with you. And in the meantime, I love you guys so much and thank you for all the support. Please share this with a friend that you think would be encouraged by this message. And I cannot wait to share next week's with you.